0: You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Hey, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going and they've been nice enough to offer some exclusive discounts for our listeners. Now, if you've watched this on YouTube, you all know how we love to display our kicks when we're not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights, drop side cases to showcase your entire shoe, not just the heel, not just the toe, shoe trees, a number of other sneaker related accessories. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code history. You can find a link to Sneaker Throne in the description, or you can just head to sneakerhistory.com sneakerthrone and it will send you directly to their site. Again, that's 10% off with the code history. Our friends at Prospect are the premier streetwear brand and sneaker boutique based in sunny San Diego, California. One of my favorite places. Prospect is not your typical hype East Haven, though. They carry classic footwear from brands like Asics, New Balance, Puma, Saucony, as well as local and globally known streetwear brands like Belief, Illust, Rottweiler, Stussy, and many others. Not to mention their own Prospect label and the iconic Just a Kid from Dago collection. If you're a listener of the podcast, you can save 10% on all of your orders from Prospect through their website with the code history10. That's promo code history10 at prspctsd.com. If you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com, and we'll get back to you with information about how we can partner. And now for today's episode.
1: Gordon trying to shake oh off oh starts. Oh, what a roll. Oh, the changed with no reward for
2: human life. Final seconds. Bryant for the win.
3: Iverson against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the
1: win. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast.
2: Greetings and salutations, Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. Funny how both of you go to that. <laughs> It would have been better if somebody like Ricky bobbied it and was like, I don't know what to do with my hands.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it's even better like it though. It's down. like the what 20th anniversary of the N E R D album. So it just kind of like it all ties together.
2: Yeah. It does. Live long and prosper, sneakerheads. I was gonna bring that up later too. So we'll hold off on that. How you guys doing though? How's everybody feeling?
1: Solid, man. Uh just came back from a run, a little sore, but you know what? I'm good.
3: So you're smart, Mike, because I was going to do my ride after this. And yeah, you look refreshed and I look haggard. And it's clearly because you did the workout before. And I'll be doing the workout after.
1: <laughs> You'll feel good mm-hmm. though before bedtime. Yeah, well, let's go with that. How go. about
3: yourself, Robbie? How are you feeling?
2: I'm not quite at an ankle capability where I can like do stuff yet. So I do some abs on the ball, on, on the little Ooh, workout ball okay. um, and work. So not too much today. Um. Not a lot. I'm doing well, though. We have a fun episode for everybody. Before we dive into that, I always forget to say this, but if you're watching this on YouTube, please just make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel. We're putting out tons of great content recently, and we'd like to see you guys tune in for more of it. Um, We have a fun-filled episode today, kind of more on the news front. We're not going to have a particular one standout scene, we're talking about a movie, me trying to wink, a scene (laughs) <laughs> um couple yeah. scenes here there's gonna be some good some bad some ugly but sure. overall it's a fun overall episode do we have any
3: oh it. Do, we we do we have any yes, we, um greg chill was yeah. the last review i saw and if we have used it i'm apologizing but if we haven't i'm just gonna go ahead and reiterate it again nice it's a five-star review this podcast is great. I've been listening for a while. Not just hype about speaker, uh, sneakers. It's a bunch of older sneakerheads. Very basketball oriented. Not much on the streetwear site. Still, I love this podcast. It's nice to hear that people just love sneakers. We love sneakers and we love five-star reviews. So thank you, Greg Chill, for the humbling words of confidence.
1: And we're older. That is...
2: So
1: yeah. Silver so, <laughs> so Fox.
2: That's great feedback because we do talk a lot about basketball. Um, it is the sport with the most recognizable and easily viewable shoes. Um, but I have seen in our discord and other places, a need and a thirst for maybe some other stuff, like some training. We'll wait for Nick to come back. I'm not the biggest training expert. I've never cared about cross trainers. I do love me some like streetwear, sportswear, skateboarding shoes, AKA dunks. I mean, there's a bigger <laughs> variety of skateboarding shoes than that, but <laughs> Today, yeah, we're trying to touch on some different things, but um, let's just get right into our rocking and copping, though. So, Mike, what have you been rocking? What you coppin'? Oh,
1: you know what I've been rocking. These bad boys right here have been rocking. I probably uh, won't stop rocking them until I have to, like, wear normal shoes again. But, no, dude, the uh, Eric Emanuel question has been on foot since they've arrived. Um, just made a video about them, of course. Would I want to cop if the uh, – Old sneakers gods uh, will let me tomorrow. I would love to cop just the Nike SB USA skateboarding jersey. That's all I want. I know it sounds like, oh, that's all you want. But no, I just, that's it. I don't need anything else. I'm cool. I just want the shirt. The, the tracksuit would be dope, but the shirt, I will I will be very happy with that.
3: Excellent. Now, I was rocking the Nike free what is it? 0.0, AKA the barefoot, because I didn't really mm-hmm. leave the house today. But from a copying perspective, I actually went to the local skate shop here in Portland Tactics, because I know they were all supposed to get the kits that Mike had previously mentioned mm-hmm. yesterday sadly they don't have it because everything is running short and uh, probably on a story we'll touch on later so what i will say is i too will be asking the sneaker gods to bless me with a tiny bit of karma but this will be more for the july 20th release of the south beach eights because i think that's going to be a hot button shoe for a lot of us and i think the kits hopefully will be easier to get so if i have to pick one it's a real rosemary's baby situation i'll go over the south beach eights than the kits robbie how about you
2: I don't care about jerseys or kits, if you will. So um not really on my radar for that. Uh I wore the Bruce Cheese. Trying to get this paper I'm clip off ask my you finger. About that. <laughs> I can't get my paper clip off. There you go. Yeah, the Bruce Cheese, some nice American cheddar, you know, yellow American. Sharp cheddar. Very, very sharp. No, this is definitely yellow American, like McDonald's string cheese
1: <laughs> that's not real cheese but, at mcdonald's bro
2: <laughs> no definitely not um but yeah the, the bruce leroys run i tried to see how my ankle's doing right around the neighborhood and my I would see how they see how my ankle's doing not too good so maybe next time um when it comes to Copping though nothing particularly on my radar that's coming out soon I saw uh, an 84 Forum High in Lakers colors that are really muted purple and really muted yellow. So that's more of like a pure lifestyle wear, which I'm looking for as a Laker fan who also likes shoes. I have so many like loud Nike and Puma Laker color stuff, where it's maybe a little toned down purple and gold would be good. So I'm definitely looking out for that Forum High. No release date on it yet, so can't speak much to it. But um I actually just put 6 or 7 pairs um aside to list on eBay in the next coming next coming week or so and out with the old I realized like, man I've talked about how much I like the Kyrie 3 I got a couple of Kyrie 3s my my ass isn't going to wear anytime soon and at this point I have so many basketball shoes where it's like yes I love this design yes I like the memory mm-hmm. yes I like the hyperdunk I think I have 13, 14, 15. I have like almost every fucking Hyperdunk sitting back there. And it's like, yeah. I have so many unworn basketball shoes. Am I going to wear a lightly worn one from five, six years ago right now? Probably not. So uh, trying to offload stuff before I <laughs> buy more
1: stuff.
3: No, that's very noble of you. Is there anything that you would hopefully be saving your rainy day fund for? Or is it just something that's in case of emergency, break glass and get this paper?
2: No, it's not even about breaking glass and getting the papers. me I feel, and maybe other people in the sneaker community feel this way too. I feel like overwhelmed sometimes when I say, look at how many fucking shoes are back there. And it's just like, I got two feet and I wear the same ones, like the five, the same six, seven shoes over and over again. So like, why do I need 200 plus when I wear like seven? A lot of those still will never go, but seven in particular got put to the side today. And I was like, I I like all these. They've made it through the past couple cuts. But every couple of months, I like to go back there and see if I've even touched the box, Like, there's a pair of air max, 90 HTM Flyknits back there. I've literally worn to a wedding one time in like 2017. Oh. And like, every time I'm about to sell them, I'm like, man, I'm not going to sell these, I like them, but I haven't even touched the box in like years. So, tricky part, man. Now, I was, was going like- to
3: say this if there are any shoes that you feel a bit more charitable about, I know that there's a shoe charity that kicks off every year right before the school starts in Portland. It's called Jeff Shoe Challenge. Mm-hmm. I think the Instagram handle is Jeff Shoe Challenge. So, if you're feeling that next level of charitable, Robbie, maybe a donated pair would go a long way. But I typically do.
2: Those are seven I'm selling. There's definitely more in there that is getting given away. So, okay, perfect. 100%. But um, my preferred method of selling is typically eBay. It's easy. This is not an ad for eBay. They are not paying me for this not. at all, <laughs> straight up. Um, but it is easy as hell to use. I mean, it's a mental wall. You know, if it's over $100, you don't pay any fees. But at the same time, not everything's worth $100. And it's funny seeing the amount of like bullshit shoes now on eBay that are like priced at exactly 100 to avoid paying the fees. <laughs> Uh, So I find that very comical But um, they have a new partnership So I'll let somebody else pick it up from there But this is not a shade on eBay I like using that service But they're doing some new stuff
3: Yeah, I've got the article up So I'll go ahead and read it I still don't know what the hell that eBay I don't either, I've read it
1: three times now
3: And I have no idea what it's about Maybe we do the elementary school thing Where one of us reads it out loud And then we can all discuss what we think it means So I'll go ahead and get started (laughs) Something is which was seen during a huge rise during the pandemic is the digital sneaker business, and eBay has been at hard at work to bring their trusted authentication services to the game. For years, the platform has been a staple in grail hunting, boasting the largest selection of styles offered on the Internet. And now eBay has successfully launched an expansion of an aftermarket for pairs that are more common eBay works with SneakerCon to verify the authenticity of eligible shoes, guaranteeing that the buyer is getting the real deal. Another perk for sellers and buyers who have powered eBay for years is there are no longer seller or buyer fees for sneakers over $100 on the platform. Here at Nice Kicks, we're proud to announce an exclusive partnership with eBay to help sneakerheads secure the pairs they want without the concern of getting a fake. The sneaker game has changed rapidly, and the peace of mind that comes with purchasing from a trusted source is hard to match. Be sure to look for pairs that are waiting on your wait list on eBay, and don't miss a release as we keep you informed on all the latest. That is a press release from Nice Kicks, so I ask you both,
1: what are we getting here? It said absolutely nothing. It said what, what Robbie literally just told us about eBay, which cool, they've been doing that for a minute. And Nice Kicks is like, hey, we're here too guys. And that's no knock to Nice Kicks. I just don't understand what they're doing. I I, I just want to know what their role is.
2: Just give me the light. And pass the drill. Nothing else more than that, but it's like for some reason <laughs> they just give me something more. Does it give me give me some insight. Maybe not the light, but some insight. I don't get it either. Um Row it in there, you said something about like more obtainable
3: or yeah, not eBay hyped. has successfully launched an expansion of an aftermarket for pairs that are more common. So what that says to me, and granted, this is just one person's interpretation of that, is the fact that the g s pairs that we would see still at a retail environment, they're on eBay. And I guess, as long as they're not under a hundred bucks, we're not paying an additional fee to it. But then at the same time, I don't think GS pairs would be the ones that we would fight for in terms of, okay, making sure we get a good price on it and also making sure it's an authentic pair. Because in my mind, just a general release would make sure that it's a shoe that's not hyped enough that you can go after it and you don't really need to worry about it being being authenticated in the sense because there isn't that much demand for it. Could I be wrong in that or am I missing something when it comes to general releases?
1: No, I'm right there with you. Like, it seems like it's kind of a, a null point to do that. I was like, all right, if it's a GS, I can just go. I, for the sake of what today is, if it was talking about the 270 being the highly selling, highest selling shoe of this year so far, I can go grab a 270 anywhere. Why do I need this service to go grab that shoe? It seems kind of excessive.
3: So and I, it's, and I misspoke. It's not GS. That's grade yeah. school. Sorry, general releases. So apologies yeah. there. Go ahead, Robbie.
2: Now I was going to say you guys are throwing me off for a second because um, like then you should just call it like eBay ladies. If it was grade school, that'd be I <laughs> think kind of a sick idea. Again, it's not free. Yo, I was um, like, you better coin that right now. <laughs> not free. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> but I mean, GRs. What I think is interesting about it is that places like Amazon no longer are allowed to carry Nike because of the amount of fakes, even fake GRs on there. So with that relationship no longer around, I'm thinking maybe this is a counteract to that, but from a weird angle, because Nike stopped doing the eBay business to, you know, there's, they had the whole initiative for direct. They want to sell you shoes directly. But on top of that, their products like, um, the sanctity of their product was being challenged with all these fake Nikes being sold on Amazon. So now like eBay is like filling that place. I just don't get why a partnership, how you have a partnership with not even just like a sneaker platform, like news platform, but with anybody really, because in my mind, I'm the eBay partner. I sell stuff there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um Shoesium is the eBay partner. Like there's, Average Joes across the world who use eBay to sell their old shoes or new shoes or use it as like their fundamental business. There's somebody asked in the discord, I'm going on a tire. I'm going to try to wrap it up here. People do sell like GR Nikes that they get from the outlet or they get from really anywhere they can get a discount code on. And then they sell it for full price retail to people not understanding. You could probably get that Air Max 90 on sale somewhere. So like that is a business. So eBay cornering that more makes sense, but I just don't get how having another formal party involved does anything other than just give us 10 minutes of talking time about being confused.
3: Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll gladly make that 10 minutes if we have an episode (laughs) where we're kind of struggling for news, but yeah, I just as a quick experiment, I literally went to eBay as you guys were chatting and typed in nice kicks And I really don't see any sort of difference on it other than the fact that there was a Adidas nice kicks ultra boost, but there's nothing else that indicates any sort of brand that's not nice kicks affiliated. So I don't know. It's a very weird story, but you were saying Mike.
1: Yeah, no, the only partnership I really see that makes sense with eBay was a sneaker con who's doing the authenticating. Like that's it. I don't understand. Like they're kind of, I don't want to say silent partner, but they're kind of doing the logistics behind the scenes, making sure the shoes are right unless nice kicks is doing the same thing or maybe they're having like ebay hubs in their stores somewhere where you can ship items off directly from their stores again that's not a free idea i want my money if you guys decide to do that but um that's the only thing i can see like hey i'm going to nice kicks in austin when i make a trip out there i'm going to drop these pairs off that i sold or i can drop them off directly there and they'll consign whatever it may be that's the only thing that makes sense to me but again it's not about the partnership that we're having an issue with it's the fact that no one told us what was happening it was literally like someone just said Hey, words, and then walked away, and we're supposed to like come come back with something.
2: So that's a good idea. Shop Nice Kicks is owned by Shoe Palace and has nothing mm-hmm. to do with Nice Kicks, the website. Correct. Um, but if they have like yeah, some kind of direct place where they're stockpiling these, I don't get it. Let, let's pivot off of it. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, the next thing that doesn't make sense to me, I'm not gonna lie. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And Space Jam's out here making dollars Maybe? (laughs) Like, how do you make dollars In this digital age when movie theaters Are are just opening up? I don't know, but it didn't make sense to me I don't get the movie I have like I like the old Space Jam I'm not going to be a grumpy person And say this isn't the original one Because we all know I like LeBron more than MJ anyway But just As a 31-year-old guy with no kids Who likes shoes (laughs) I get all the product placement I need in my everyday life. So what did you two, two gentlemen, one about to be a father and one current father, what did you two think of Space Jam Dose, A New Legacy?
1: So, yeah, I think we definitely, I I like the way you put that, because I think we're going to have two different perspectives on it because of that. Because my son, me and my wife introduced him to the first Space Jam about a month before this movie came out. He'd been watching it nonstop. Then he was like, oh, when's a new one come out? All right, great. 16th, we're playing our butts in the, in the living room watching it on HBO Max. He loved it. We have watched it, I think, three times since. For me, I look at it just a kid's movie that has been maybe uh, extremely commercialized because we know that, even though we didn't notice it then as a kid, Space Jam 1 was a, you know, Nike product placement, but, you know, 20 years, 25 years later, they took it to the, the next level. Uh, you can clearly tell, which I know I'll let Roy get into here in a moment, but I didn't, I didn't expect it to be like some groundbreaking movie. I didn't expect it to, um, you know, oh, this is going to be better than the first one. Because th- to be honest with you, if we really fair, if we're talking about movies, both movies are actually awful. Now, I like them for what they are. Like, I, I, I like Michael Jordan and I'm in the Robbie Boat of LeBron's my favorite over the two. But. I know what it is already. It's Looney Tunes and Basketball. What do you want from these people? They're gonna show you some new Nikes. They're gonna make a couple like corny jokes, a couple of jokes over kids' heads. It's exactly the formula we got. Um I will say it was a bit too long. Two hours is a bit long when the first one was like an hour and 20 minutes. But other than that, I was cool on it. I I I don't people who are spending so much time on like social media hating the movie. They're just trying to find ways to have the LeBron-Jordan argument. I, that's cool. It's a movie. It has no bearing on anything. They both made tons of money off of it. We all lose because we sat there and watched it. We gave them money, so whatever.
3: No, I have somebody that tweeted out, I am pro-LeBron as well, like my two podcast mates here. I thought this was as crushing of a blow to the LeBron over Jordan Camp's legacy, but I kind of also said that tongue-in-cheek just because to Mike's <laughs> point and Robbie's point it's not worth spilling blood over. What I will say is this, this movie was an infomercial for HBO Max and Warner Brother properties in a way that was just so overtly in your face that I think that's what soured me on it. There was just a plot point, which was who's your favorite Looney Tune character and let's put them in a random Warner Brothers picture or Warner Brothers show, because there's always that montage scene of getting the gang back together. And it's one of those things where, yes, you have to suspend your logical thought process at the door whenever you watch a kid's movie like this. But I also kind of mentioned this to both Mike and Robbie was we're in the golden age of children's movies. And these children movies have done a great job of blurring the lines where something like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is technically the same genre as Space Jam 1 and 2. But it is so far ahead. It is marathons ahead in terms of the quality of the movie that maybe I do feel a bit strongly on this because I've seen what the potential is and nobody was yelling at mid-30-somethings shouting the praises of that Spider-Man movie because I think it was as universally adored as we've seen. But at the same time, this movie also had some redeeming factors for it. The Damian Lillard interlude was fantastic. I mean, if that isn't a power of what LeBron can do for a potential free agent or a potential teammate, I don't know what else would be. The cameo for a very... Unexpected but kind of on the nose personality <laughs> in the middle of the halfway was a stroke of genius, which lets me believe that there was more on the table because those two moments alone were great enough to say that there is foundation there. There is a skeleton there that we can build off of. But I think what kind of ultimately got me a little frustrated with this movie was the fact that they wanted us to have these moments where like, wow, that's hilarious. But then you have a training day, Mon, uh, reference in the middle of it like what seven-year-old is going to recognize that and more importantly what parent is going to tell their kid oh yeah that's a training day reference let's all watch training day together Respected to denzel
1: one crazy part in the crowd i i can ruin this it is whatever but in the crowd during the, the final game did you notice the it clown i was yeah. like bro are y'all yeah. trying to destroy children's lives like what is going on here in
3: clown uh, the zo- uh, the whites from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. there was multiple billioners. All the Batman characters as well. I mean, that was the thing where I was kind of amused by it because when LeBron has a scene where he's literally pulling out a whiteboard, writing out all the people that he would want on his team, mm-hmm. he prefaces it by saying, who are the Warner Brother characters that I would want on my team? Yep. That right there was the frustration for me because if you're making this a brochure, a living, breathing pamphlet of HBO Max or HBO properties, I get that. Money has to be made in spite of itself. But at the same time, one thing that I will say that the Space Jam 1 movie Movie had over this was their tie-ins felt more organic to the story. So there's a scene of them going back to Michael Jordan's house to get the North Carolina shorts. Yeah, I mean you could probably see a swoosh on those pair of shorts, but at the same time it felt central to the movie and wasn't necessarily yep. a tag-along scene that's just advocating yet another property that isn't connected to Space shame in any way, shape, or form, other than the fact that it's a MacGuffin for Porky Pig. Let's yep. say
1: so, like a swoosh style. Ho- uh, why the e. coyote hole when he hits the ground, that was the only like super cringe part for me when he hit the ground. It turned into a Nike swoosh. I was like, ah, all right, I get it. He wants to buy stuff. I understand. But we didn't have to go that far.
3: Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess I'll ask you this question, Robbie. I'd love to get your take. Have you seen the first Creed? Mm-hmm. Like oh, the
2: maybe. original one or the new Creed? The,
3: the new, one. new Creed, but the very first one, the very no. first Michael B. Jordan. movie.
2: I know it's a Jordan brand commercial it's a,
3: let's call it a visual lookbook. let's be yeah. kind
1: but it's not like a, no, no one says the word jordan jordan i don't think at all in a movie
3: no not at all and that's where i think it's once again that coupled with what i think a writer thinks a technique technical savvy person like lebron's kid is in this movie that's where the dialogue was a little off but like i said I could pick holes at this, but then at the same time, it's not meant for me. And if Mike tells me his 10-year-old kid loves it, then ultimately it's a win, because that's who this movie's for.
2: Like, the Houston Rockets, most things have been ruined by analytics. And it's like,
1: <laughs> oh, they just sure, know where sure. and when
2: to put... And and I mean, to us, astute customers of everything, <laughs> consumers of everything, that like we see it, we see Batman, we kind of like, oh, God, like, they're ready playing. They're ready player wanting me super bad right now. But that um, was also awesome what
1: they did in that movie because it was like, oh, this makes sense as a game. This one they're just like, hey, we need and to solve this pl- Max. L-
2: <laughs> so it was literally the plot of the movie too. With mm-hmm. this, it's all just like everybody loves Easter egg cultures. Everybody loves trying to find what little things in the background of a Marvel movie and just like, let's just let's just use the analytics and knowing that people like that kind of stuff. And let's just put 4,000 of them in a movie <laughs> just so you, because t- oh, it's a whole ecosystem. Cause now YouTube channels can have 101 things you missed and space jam two, And it, just keeps living and you keep talking about it and it's, yep. it's all analytics driven. And the original one, yeah, there is the Gatorade. There was obviously Nike, Uh, there's other ones. I can't even think of them, but there's definitely other products in there smartly placed, much like every 90s movies had some small product placement. Wayne's World makes the joke of all the Pepsi's um, Garth's wearing all Reebok and he's just drinking his Pepsi. He's just like I don't want to sell out, man. And he's totally sold out. So now it's just like it's not LeBron. It's honestly Hollywood is just so sold out now to where it's against the law to like commercialize and sell things to kids a certain way on TV. So they're like, all right, how do we make up that lost revenue of like brainwashing kids in movies? And it's just like, that's my deep dive about it, but it's just everything is designed to put more sugar into kids. say, so, you know, sell more condoms to teenagers and fucking sell more fast cars to old, lazy, fat guys. So it's just like, everything has a niche. Everybody knows how to approach every single consumer type nowadays in 2020 in the modern era, as I say, the modern era, everybody knows how to be approached and but movies like that make it very
3: prevalent. That unbeatable point was brought to you by Windex. Right? The unbeatable street, of <laughs> shine. No, no, I echo what Robbie said because the bad guy in this movie is algae rhythm which is a pseudonym for an algorithm, which when we view this movie 20, 30 years down the line, we are going to say how very 2020-esque of a movie. Because to Robbie's point, the... Plugola, payola, the corporate integration was a lot smoother way back then because we didn't know any better. Now we're seeing kind of how the sausage is made and we're kind of getting disgusted by it. But yeah, I think it was solid. I think, Mike, you've kind of talked me off the ledge. I'd probably give it a three, two and a half out of five, maybe a three out of five now. But like I said, if your kid likes it and it gets him more into that world of both basketball, sneakers, hell, even more pop culture, then it's kind of protecting that next generation and leading them the right way.
1: Yeah, I mean the big win. Of course, he is more like he nudges a little bit more towards basketball. But the big win was that he will sit and watch like like Looney Tune cartoons now, as opposed to sit watching some goofy stuff on YouTube. So I'm like, okay, I will take that win. And like you watch some like some old stuff that I used to oh, watch because that right. is, those cartoons now are just few and far between. Like I know it's more because of like to say the advertisements. We don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. I was like, man, they just don't know the feeling. They just they get all this weird stuff of like a, a kid, you know playing with toys all day, I'm like, dude, you go play with your own toys. Like, why are you watching him play with his toys?
3: I will say this, and I'd like to get your take on this, Robbie, as well. There is a Rick and Morty cameo, and that's probably oh, yeah. the most PG sequence I've ever seen those characters participate in. And it kind of jolted me in the way that if Cartman somehow made an appearance in this movie and didn't make a point to offend somebody or use a hateful term, I would just be like, wow, what the hell is this? But you know what? Keep getting them
1: checks, Rick and Morty. So I'm not mad at that. Yeah, me and my wife looked Mike, at each other when that happened. We're like, uh, what is Rick and Morty doing here?
2: Mike, where do you oh, – a writer on Space Jam was a writer. Of, no, that's a different show. Um, Mike, where do you watch your um, Warner Brothers Looney Tunes at?
1: Um, what, what service? Either just normal you know, cable and Cartoon Network whenever they decide to come on or Boomerang, whatever okay. it is. Or the HBO Max where they have the new Looney Tunes cartoon, which is the one that my son's more interested in.
2: Warner Brothers knows that shit. Because they're like, oh, yeah. all right, people are... They've
1: they got, just, like, they've went full circle. They're like, you're going to watch this and then come back to this and then go back to that. They played the game perfectly.
2: numbers are going to go up. Um, I mean, so to end on, like, the sneaker point of this movie. So, like, the Space Jams, as we know with the Jordan 11, the Jordan 9s, black and white, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Like those weren't, those were dubbed the Space Jams. Well, the Space Jams were dubbed the Space Jams organically. The Space Jam, was it 2019 or 2018 when they retro last? The Jordan 9s, they yeah. they released alongside the Jordans 11. So, what? Well, yeah, I think it was 20. Yeah, that
1: same year, whatever it was. I think 18.
2: Yeah. 17 um, or 18, I can't um, remember. No, I think it was 16, actually, because oh, right. <laughs> uh, eight, 18 was the Concorde. um But yeah, right. so like 2016. Um, they make the push to tell you that that is the Space Jam shoe retroactively. Very differently, everything Space Jam is just everything Space Jam. Every It's the Space Jam this. It's the mm-hmm. Space Jam that. It's the Space Jam this. It's the Space Jam lunchbox. And they've been doing that with fuck since the Smurfs. I mean, it's not like anything new. But it's just like the algorithm or Al- whatever Don Cheel's name was in the show. It's just like – that's actually probably my favorite part of the movie because, like, okay, that's... It's, isn't it funny how things are self-aware now? Like, they know yes. that they're a piece of shit. It's like, does... <laughs> like, is Charlie Sheen this self-aware? About Charlie Sheen as, like, big businesses or about themselves?
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he might be. No. So, okay. But to finish off the Space Jam point, I will say, I don't know if, Road, you did the same thing if you watched it the night it opened or, I guess, mm-hmm. premiere, whatever you want to call it. I found my dumb behind sitting on sneakers like, are they going to release this LeBron 19? They got my behind because even my wife was like, "Ooh, I like those. I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting here on the phone like an idiot trying to see if they're going to do like a shock drop. And nope, but they got but they got people in the app. And if I did it, knowing how much I hate sneakers app, I know people who enjoy it were on there too.
3: Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about that because for some reason in my mind, I thought they'd already released and hence they were already sold out. So how can I covet something if it's <laughs> already thing. sold
1: out? Same yeah. thing.
3: Yeah. No, and, but uh, go ahead. Right, right. No, I was just going to say this. Yeah, uh, the thing that was interesting to me was the fact that the merchandising wasn't as obnoxious as I would think. And granted, maybe I'm not viewing the proper channels. Like maybe if I asked your son, like, hey, how are they marketing Space Jam? Mike, you could tell me, oh, yeah, it's on Cartoon Network. It's on Nickelodeon. It's on this. It's yes. on that. But that was something I thought... I didn't see that much of, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe they understated it. But then again, I realized I'm not the guy that they want. The algorithm is not meant for me. It's meant for my little nieces and nephews, my cousins, Mike's kid, Robbie's nephew. So yeah.
1: Oh, it's everywhere. Every cereal that we buy has something Space Jam on it. There was actually a Space Jam cereal that my parents bought my son when we went to visit him last time. He has bought in a Space Jam, like this weird, like Stretch Armstrong type thing, Bugs Bunny. Uh His grandma bought him a Space Jam backpack for school coming up. Oh, no, it's everywhere. Every time I look up, there's like a McDonald's commercial, a toy commercial, fill in the blank. It's something going on with Space Jam. And hey, it actually beat Black Widow in the second week of box office, which says a lot. So So,
2: what's what's funny about it is like, Mike, you're on sneakers app, hoping a pair of 19s drop like in a perfect world there would have been no no you're not an idiot at all you're yeah. definitely not you've been you've been programmed to know that oh nike want, might release something keyword on might because like half the time they don't but mm-hmm. half the time they do so you're interested in a in a perfect world that would have probably released but with the way supply and demand has been going more like mm-hmm. supply and shipping has been going in the COVID pandemic it's it's not easy to get shoes out at the right time and when I they know. need or when you said they were going to drop. So like do either one of you have more insight about shoes and production of shoes?
3: I did and I will bring it up right now because I'll keep talking right little time, little. I no, think that's think I've got it up. <laughs> yep, because the headline that Robbie just alluded to is the fact that is Nike really facing a sneaker shortage. And the reason why this is happening is there's an outbreak of COVID-19 in Vietnam that is going to threaten Nike and its competitors' global supply chain because the fact that this sneaker giant has steadily, steadily increased the share of its footwear it manufactures in Vietnam for more than a decade to the point that half of its shoes come from that country in the last year. Based on a regulatory filing, sorry. Its next largest sourcing destination, Indonesia, accounts for 24% of its shoes. However, two Nike suppliers operating in Ho Chi Minh City or the neighboring Dong Nai ne province already had to halt production this year mm. because of the fact that COVID-19 has struck their workers. So far, it seems that factories will only be closed for a few days. However, this situation can escalate. So this is going to be really frustrating because if we're expecting a lot of these sneakers, I think we're only going to see these delayed. And that's... Yeah. I think only going to murder us if resellers somehow get their hands on them. And then we're going to
1: maybe pay even more than usual. What are you thinking on this story guys? I, I think we've already seen it kind of in action. I mean, best, best, uh, current example, I'll give you South beach AIDS. They're supposed to come out what two weeks ago and we got delays. Um, so it's supposed to drop this week, but it's not, un, um, I guess out of the ordinary now for it's going to be pushed again. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever because now they're just it used to be like older let's try to like kind of drown it in sneakers where people will act like it's not here now they're openly just moving stuff where it just doesn't even matter like they're like hey this is what we're dealing with it is what it is um i can't tell you how many times i look at stores uh on instagram where they're like oh i got the gs sizes but men's sizes maybe shouldn't be far behind or vice versa and i, th- I know it was a big deal with the uh the racer blue threes that was, that was a big deal there that has been a big uh shipment delay and i think it was the. Columbia, eleven lows. I think yeah. that was a, a big delay on, on one of those sets of sizes, but they just kind of trickled in. Where I've heard that I think like Footlocker's or whoever does the like online raffles all through the app, they have gone through. They pick the winners, but then end up canceling them because they didn't get the shoe in, so they have to re raffle and whatever that nonsense looks like. So it, it just make it worse. That's all I can say from there.
2: So. Two questions. I mean, I guess one of them is more of a, a statement. So I'll start with the question first. Like, where do you where do you think Nike puts its focus in situations like this? Because the the LeBron South Beach 8 retro can get pushed back, you know, 15 more times, but we just mm-hmm. we keep seeing more official images and Michael Jordan wearing the Travis Scott fragment Jordan ones. So like do you think like, oh, fuck, that's a really hot shoe. Like we need to have that one out when it's out. We can push the LeBron this as an example, the LeBron. Um, do you think they they, they prioritize? Ah, see no. website ads, man. <laughs> no, I'm just no, trying no. to click on this fragment shoe. And then I bam, think, here's the
1: ad. To answer your question, I think it's the opposite because there's always going to be the want for that Travis shoe. That's why there's not, as far as I know, there's no release date. There's always going to be a want for that. You can, you can drag that sucker out yeah. till Christmas. But there's only a small window of time for these other shoes. And the Miami Knight LeBron Eight lows is a prime example. Although it did sell out, there was not much care about it. It was like, okay, cool, it's out. I'll go ahead and do my normal click on sneakers, see if I get it. But it wasn't a, oh, my God, who can I get? I need my plug. I need to get this, this, that, and all. Oh, I need to get my affairs in order. Like, I'm got to go to war to get this shoe. Those types of shoes, those hyper strikes, whatever we call them now, I don't know what the names of them are anymore. They can be just, they're They're mystical. There are little unicorns that pop up. You saw Michael Jordan just wearing the thing. It's like, okay, Travis Scott's website opened up to put passwords in. That can mean absolutely nothing. It's like Kanye dropping an album, and you guys knew I did that on purpose because he's supposed to drop one this week. But uh, it's—it just don't know what's going to happen. You, it, it doesn't matter as long as that they can keep that same hype energy behind it. Other things, they have to release them on time. So the, the basic items, they have to come first, I think. Dunks and everything else, hype, they can, they can push around.
3: That makes the most sense to me because to your point, the longer we don't see a shoe, for some people that makes it even more coveted. And Mm -hmm. that Travis shoe will come out. What's the best case scenario for the Travis shoe? That it turns into the red October for this generation and it's just gonna show up one random day in October and people are either gonna get it or they're Mm -hmm. not. And then that's gonna add to its legend even more. So I agree with you, Mike. It's just a matter of where do they want to feed the beast first? Yeah. While at the same time realizing the zoom GTs of the world are going to be holding on steady because I think that's also one of those rare shoes where there is a little bit of hype behind it, but then at the end of the day, it's still a general release in a sense, is it not?
1: Yeah. Because there's gonna be, there's a there's a life cycle to that shoe where, hey, we gotta put out so many of these before we move on to the next basketball shoe. And I think you saw that in full effect with the delays on how things just did not pan out well for Nike basketball. Of course, people are really excited for this shoe, but you got Cosmic Unity, but it got pushed back so far that it bled into the new media stream for the GT line. And now who's talking about the Cosmic Unity? So at that point, they kind of came along. Go ahead.
2: I mean, the Cosmic Unity, end of the day, I've been hearing some mixed reviews of how good of a shoe it is. So I mean, maybe that's why it's kind of falling out of favor.
1: Could, but could be.
2: What's what's funny, this the The statement about Travis Scott and like Red October made me laugh super hard on the inside because like that moment's already happened. It was the first Travis Scott one, and the one low maybe, and mm-hmm. still that like the Red October anything Kanye Nike like shits all over the tra- any Travis release in terms of like long term importance, short term importance. Like, does Robbie care as much? Like, it's all is like way higher for the Kanye thing, and it's like not just nike pharrell will keep doing this too with adidas like you've already had your like mystical beast you've already had like your excalibur created you've already had your mjolnir created like (laughs) fuck like what do you want i mean it's like the only way they could keep the travis like juggernaut thing going at full you know full truck is to have you know fragment attached to it also which if you haven't noticed Fragment releases in general with Nike are kind of like becoming less and less important.
1: Like, but did what's Travis to- make fragment important again? That's the argument I've no. been hearing. It's really hard for me to say no, though, because that dunk is. I mean, I hate looking at resale as a barometer because it's not fair. But if I could get a fragment dunk for uh, what hundred bucks over retail, which is still too much money, as opposed to it's, it can't recreate the magic it did with the Jordan One, which every Travis you somehow does, I don't understand it. I feel like they're using Travis as a jumping off point for a lot of these other brands, which is blows my mind, honestly. So, I mean, mean, go ahead.
3: No, I mean,
2: you're just using like the dunk as an example. And that, that is a good one because like resale wise that shoe really did kind of dud out, but so did, I don't
1: like to use that as a comparison, but it's the only thing I can measure like hype with, you know what I mean?
2: You could not like using it, but really like people, what people pay for is a great barometer of how strong a brand is. Like, fuck If no one's buying ferrari like ferrari's nothing right ferrari's just sitting (laughs) it's it's nothing so if people aren't buying fragment nike it's it's nothing so like let's just use like all right use the dunk as an example the jordan 3 really simmered out super quick um Mm -hmm. i'm even struggling to think so there's like an air max one uh i'm even like struggling to think of like I'm not a huge Fragment. I'm not going to front like I give a crap about Fragment all that much, but yeah. it's like.
1: We got Air Trainer 1s. You got the Costins. You got a few of them that are just. Yeah, of, so uh, very they're attainable. out
2: there, but but it's just like you have to try to like start like mixing powers now, like you're at Coldstone. You're mixing the cookie dough with <laughs> with the ice cream. You're like, all right, these, these two things both kind of suck together. I mean, separately, <laughs> we got to put this together, make it taste better. Um, put some. Put some cake batter ice cream in there, too, and some sprinkles, and, like, together it'll be better. Um, just go find something new. Go find the next rapper. Go, it's, like, it just it's not just Nike. It's literally every single brand in footwear. It's every single movie. Like, just wrapping my brain around the fact that we have Kane the Cocker and the fact that, like, the Infinity Saga didn't just end and all of it end. Then we get like a fifteen year break and a reboot, like we're like accustomed to. But no, they're just going, just Go like just, we're going. <laughs> um, and it's like every single brand and every single, and pretty much, if you feel like you're an institution in whatever field you are, you mm-hmm. if it works, you just keep doing it. And it's like if if Lamborghini didn't do the Euros, like they would be they'd be fucking dead right now. If they didn't decide finally we're gonna do an SUV a couple of years ago. Where would Lamborghini be right now, bro? Like...
3: Nowhere, but the funny thing is Lamborghini is sold out for the next year in terms of the production. I just really? read that fact. And I'm trying to confirm that. Just to make sure.
2: It's probably because of that damn SUV, though.
3: I think it's going to sink. I wouldn't
1: it. buy it, but it's sick on... Oh, like, it's I, on the I would buy
3: it. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I've been ridiculed for wanting it, but it's a no, badass looking it's car. It's a bad Mobile,
1: but on 4x4. It's pretty dope. I mean... <laughs>
3: If I had $300,000 yeah, laying around, I would definitely yeah, buy it. That, oh, that yeah. is true. It, it's <laughs> like, in the back of my Gucci couch. That's right. Gucci doesn't even make couches. <laughs> just, just made it for your boy. For but me. He he apparently just had their best six months to, uh, span ever with sales up 37% compared to this period last year. So maybe people want that Lambo. I was just going to yeah. say this. I guess Travis Scott is the spokesman that Nike... Would couldn't even come up with if they crafted him in a lab because he has no aspirations in terms of talk. yeah any Travis Scott is literally a shoe
2: when was the last time you heard Travis Scott say anything <laughs> that isn't a verse I'm not kidding I've <laughs> no. never heard Travis Scott speak
1: <clears throat> that was the best statement ever he's literally a shoe
2: <laughs> no no oh. no 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 I never heard him speak
1: No, no, I think he's literally a shoe. That's what made me laugh. I was like, Travis Scott's literally a shoe. I would not call him a shoe. Some people knew him
3: as just a shoe. There is probably some kid that has no idea who Travis Scott is, let alone the fact that he's probably what, the world's most popular rapper right now for a certain demographic, but because he has that hype associated with his shoe. People are going to gravitate towards it. And luckily for the Nikes of the world, he has no higher aspirations other than releasing these cactus Jack themed apparel and shoes every now and then.
2: Mm -hmm. It's just, it's,
3: but I like your point, Robbie. He is a shoe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Travis Scott (laughs) has never freaking spoken. Like I really have not heard him speak in any kind of interview. And that's nothing. That's not any kind of like, Backhanded. No, it's not. It's, not, no, it's nothing. It's literally, it's a fact. Yeah, now I like, go
1: look, because I haven't either, so I want to go search on YouTube. And right, think talking. about it. And
2: like, I know a lot of his songs by heart. <laughs> I listen to a lot <laughs> of his music, so it's like, shit, I really have never heard him speak, but his shoes are the hottest thing, and it's just like, let it not be the hottest thing. Go find something new. I get he's still La Flame, so you got to keep rocking it, but it's just like, for the same reason why Space Jam, and it's like everything... As we get older, I guess we become more cynical about things. We're about at time, though. So does anybody have any parting thoughts randomly or any yeah. thoughts about, I guess, Travis? I guess let's turn to a full Travis Scott. Whoever wanted the the sportswear lifestyle conversations more, here you go.
1: There you go, <laughs> yeah. man. This is why <laughs> I avoid
2: them because I just get angry.
1: But I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I tell you, this is my... Uh... My, my eyes light up with dollar signs, so I can buy more shoes. I put my name into that little uh his website to see if I can get a pair. Because guess what? I will sell that thing immediately to buy like fifteen other shoes that I want. I, I don't want oh, the shoes. or set money
3: aside for college tuition for exactly. your kids. Exactly. There's
1: like twenty other things I could do with those dollars as opposed to like, oh look, I have this Jordan One. It's like it's cool. I mean, if I got it for retail, I'd be. I guess it'd be a discussion. Like, oh, I could wear it once, but I'm like, but there's, I can make a quick what, two grand off of something just. For 180 dollars worth at of least. work, yeah, at least. Like I may be understating that right now.
3: Now I will say this: I was viewing Robbie's story, and he on the Instagram today, and the fact that he was wearing those. Bruce Lee Royce and riding a bike, let me realize the most important tenet of being a sneakerhead, which is wear your stuff. Wear doesn't matter how exclusive it is, doesn't matter how beat up it is, wear your stuff. Because if nothing else, hopefully it starts a chain reaction and other people will start realizing, you know what, that guy's wearing that rare pair of sneakers. I have an equally rare pair of sneakers. Let me do my day-to-day on it. And that can only better our love of what we're wearing and more importantly, the community that we're a part of. So wear your sneakers i'll
2: bike in my things. off whites. i don't they're just shoes but it's just like yep it's wild i would definitely if, if i'm gonna enter the fragment travis scott's also if i hit i'm keeping them for sure like i'm, I'm gonna wear them but like
1: because
2: sure. that's like stunning like mike you want to buy 15 other shoes i'd rather have the one shoe than 15, I'm not, no pay 15 I'm not gonna pay 15 pairs of shoe money on one pair though at least not that. Um, so what are your thoughts? Do you still care about Travis Scott? Do you, what are your thoughts? I guess I was on everything. We kind of got long winded there at the end. I keep saying we, like it wasn't just me rambling. So no, nah, it,
1: um, it was all of us. It was all three of us. It was all was okay.
3: of us. We, we all like to do a good bit of a ramble. And if anybody can break down that nice kicks eBay partnership for us, we'll give you a pair of sneakers. How about that?
1: Nice kicks. Just email us so we can understand it better. I'm okay. Like again, no shots. We just don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's
2: definitely ways to have that conversation and it'll probably make itself more visible as a release comes out. But, um, as always, thank you listeners, viewers, whatever you want to consider yourself, fine people of sneaker history land. Thank you for tuning in today. Make sure you're following at sneaker history on all major platforms. You can listen to us on like Apple music. That's a lie. It's Apple podcasts, like, Audible, so the album the
1: Audible
3: Spotify. Overcast, all of the above.
2: We're on so many places I don't even remember where we all are. But where can they find you to?
1: You can find me on Instagram at MadWatcher789. Find me in uh sneaker history. Yeah, that place too. And then uh YouTube at Mike Guillory.
3: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RoadM13, on Twitter at Roheasy as a part of the Sneaker History crew, and just out and about Portland. If you see me holler, worst case scenario, I might pretend like I don't know you, and then I'll feel embarrassed. And then I'll give you an extra big hug, protocols, and social distancing be damned. Just it
1: yeah. bring it in. Bring it
0: in. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History podcast. We just launched our new merch, including tees, stickers, keychains, and a bunch of other pieces you can grab to show your support for the podcast. You can purchase it now through our companion site, sittingtreasure.com. You can also get access to more episodes of the podcast by joining our Discord community at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Plus, we've got a bunch of other fun things going on in the community, including trivia nights, giveaways, access to sneaker raffles from around the world, release announcements, and my favorite, just good people helping good people get the sneakers they want. Plus, we're not bought by advertisers, investors, or other big money. I'm confident in saying this is the best sneaker community I've ever been a part of. We've also teamed up with a few partners to offer our supporters discounts. You can find some in the links for this episode and even more in our Discord. Give us a try, and if you don't enjoy it, you can always cancel the membership at any time. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of someone showing appreciation. Thank you all for the support, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.